You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Shut your mouth! You're not God or my father or my boss. Bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast right here from Soonerscoop.com podcast. Where we welcome in the entire crew after the Sooners uh, finally, finally get the nation or the nations, the state's top prospect to commit to them. Uh, after Josh Proctor went to Ohio State, after Dax Hill went to, I still don't know where he went. Michigan, Alabama. I think he signed with Michigan, Michigan right? Michigan. Okay, yeah. Uh, so anyway, welcome in, uh, fellas. After a big commitment uh, last night, as Andrew Rame commits to the Sooners, and uh, he had been a subject of many of our podcasts lately. Is it was a real back and forth, and Josh, I think you kind of felt like. I don't know. When was it you felt like the tide kind of turned back in the Sooners' favor? I would say probably about the time we were recording last week. Like the middle of last week, you started to feel like it had changed. And I had I had talked a few times, and I know Bob and I had discussed it, and it felt like the longer things went on, the better it was for Oklahoma. The farther he got away from that Georgia visit, Michigan, all that. And I think that's what happened here. Oklahoma with Bill Biedenboe and Lincoln Riley, they had a chance to kind of sit down not, I mean, obviously, there's not a lot of in-person contact right now, but just to talk with him, talk with his family, and kind of remind them of the things that they value, the things, you know, the relationship that's been there for three years now. So I, I think it was just Oklahoma kind of reminding them, this, you know, you loved us for a long time. We understand you love the Georgia trip. You love the Michigan trip. But can you see yourself there for four years and, you know, kind of turning away from Oklahoma? And, and there was even talk that his family was going to move to Georgia if, if he'd have gone there. I, I don't know about Michigan, but Georgia was a rumor I'd heard. Back so, I mean, there, yeah, there, there was a lot of crazy stuff going around over the last couple of weeks. You know, Kerry, it's interesting you start with that question because that's actually one of the questions. I'm interesting. I asked Andrew Rame last uh, last night, and what his answer was, I knew once again when I went out this last weekend out on the lake at my grandparents and just being able to get away from it all, I think he was able to focus, and he knew once and for all because he's pretty adamant this time there won't be any flip-flopping, no looking at – any other schools that he is locked in with OU for 2020. You know, it's kind of funny, Josh, that there's a, probably a lot of people that are on the board and, uh, you know, just people out there in general that will look at this and say, oh, did Bill Biedenboe really do that good of a job of recruiting? Like, are you guys blowing it up to make it into something that it isn't? And I can sit here and tell you that we left Atlanta, or I'd left Atlanta thinking when we came back and did that podcast, what was that? Uh, was that two weeks ago? Yes. When we came back, yeah. yeah. I mm-hmm. there I would I would have 
signed off on the idea that I thought he was going to Georgia or Michigan. I didn't think, I thought almost OU was out of this thing. So, I mean, just can you put into words or kind of paint a picture over the last two weeks of just how big of a recruiting win this was for Bill Beatenbo? Yeah, guys, I mean, we're, we're standing on the field with some of our Georgia guys who, are, you know, our Georgia site's a great site. They do, Jake Royce and those guys do a fantastic job covering recruiting. They really know what's going on inside UGA. And I can tell you, and Eddie, I don't know if you were standing there when Jake and I no, were I was. this conversation. I was, I was standing right there. But there was some very real belief that before, I, I think that was at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and there was some very real belief that by the time I boarded my 8 o'clock flight in Atlanta, Andrew Rain was going to be a Georgia commitment. I mean, that that's how close it felt like it was there. for. I mean, and I felt that way. Eddie's not wrong for a they week were, or so. They were so. like preparing stuff as we were sitting there as far as they thought it was immediate going down. or imminent. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would bet you money they had some content they deleted last night that they had already written, and kind of like the stuff that we do sometimes, sure. stuff they had prepared just because there was no, I mean, all the momentum was with them. And even, you know, like, it was funny because as it went on, I started to hear a little bit of Michigan talk. And I can tell you, I mean, I spoke to someone well-connected at Broken Arrow who told me probably that weekend after we got back from Atlanta that if they were going to pick a top two, they thought it was Georgia and Michigan. They thought Oklahoma was third. And like I said, so I mean, a lot of people are going to say, oh, it's an in-state guy. And, you know, Oklahoma usually does pretty well with the big Tulsa, you know, the big 6A Tulsa schools. But that, you know, I mean, the last time they landed a guy from Broken Arrow, I believe was Brian Zimple in 2003. (laughs) I mean, that's incredible. Didn't he drive a Miata? He had what would didn't he? I think he got in trouble for like running a golf cart around campus, like any like drinking or like there was. Eh, that'll I don't happen wanna, to some people. I've had some buddies yeah. that got arrested on campus doing that. Hey, if, if Brian and or family is listening, absolutely no judgment for that. That's a legendary way to go out. I think so hopefully um, that's in Bob Stoops' book. <laughs> the the, yeah, the we, point in time when he had to wake <laughs> up to a. Uh, Bail out Brian Zimple from uh, awesome getting Tony, arrested in Dale Hall parking lot. Tony Cade stories are in there. I don't know. I haven't got that far yet. But the the first time Bob thought about retiring. Oh God, I'm bailing out a kid with golf cart drunkenness. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, this is a, this is a big deal. Like Georgia, I mean, this is not a guy that Georgia kind of had a half toe in with. Georgia wanted Andrew Rain badly, and I can tell you, talking to some of the BA staff, I've mentioned it before. Both Oklahoma and Georgia had made it very clear to that Broken Arrow staff that Andrew Rain, they see him as a top five offensive lineman in the country. I mean, it's not too far removed from the Rose Bowl when those two teams played each other. They've gone head to head quite a bit yeah. here over the last two years. And I, I mean, I can just 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 looking at you know their guys versus on, on the offensive side, on the defensive side, you know they had Roquan Smith. That was a totally different story. Uh, oh, you had a really young Kenneth Murray, and then all the uh, everybody else was bad. Um, but like that is, if there's another team that you know, because in the Big Twelve you don't always see it, but if there's another team that impresses me when I look at their front, it's Alabama and it's Georgia that that really can stand toe-to-toe with Oklahoma the last few years. And it's, it's not only that they can do it, it's how they do it. When you look at the kids that they're recruiting, it's the exact same type of kids that you want in Norman. I mean, there's a strong belief that Georgia is already going to be ready 
for its backup plan, quote unquote, with Cedric Van Pran. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that that's someone who made an official visit to OU for the spring game. That was someone the Sooners have looked at for a long time. And that just seems to be the case that even though they're so far away in terms of the distance, that Sooners dog battle, that is becoming more and more common. Now, let me ask you guys, uh, you get Raymond into the fold. What does this do to guys like A.J. Parks? And, and, and I assume Doomerville is still a, a highly coveted guy for them. Well, from what I can gather, the idea right now is for four offensive linemen. Now, I find when you look through the years that Oklahoma's offensive line and defensive line recruiting – it's always amazing that come like October, November, suddenly there's there's room for a new guy. Just because if you can land a quality player, and obviously Bill Biedenboe just reeling in one one top shelf guy after another, if you can bring those guys in, you're never going to have too many of them. It, it's, it's just it's not a thing that doesn't exist. And would you rather take an elite offensive lineman, or do you make the decision to, okay, we're going to take a kind of project quarterback so that we can say we have one in the 2020 class? It's an interesting argument. I, I don't know how that'll play out, but when I, what I've gathered so far is four has been the plan. And I think Jonah Monheim, uh, the offensive lineman of Southern California is clearly the guy OU is zeroed in on. They want him to be that fourth guy. Uh, he's been very, you know, open with Oklahoma and, and conversations I've had with him. He's, he sounds like a guy that's leaning toward Oklahoma. Now, until he makes it, you know, puts it out there publicly and makes it official, you, you can't really know anything. But I would, I would be surprised if Oklahoma walked away from Aaron Parks and Anton Harrison and Doomerville completely until they knew that fifth spot was just absolutely not going to happen. It's pretty incredible that they can go from basically nothing in the offensive line cupboard for 2020. And then you look up and all of a sudden they have. Three, one or two fifty guys. Yeah, all, you, all this just in the matter of what? Do you remember twenty the, something days? The panic that there was when Tur- Turner picked Nebraska and other guys. Mind. You know, other guys were picking other places, and like, don't worry, Beatenbo's got enough targets, and he and after NFL draft, like, don't worry, this is all gonna come together very, very soon. Well, you talk about a turnaround. What was that? It was Beatenbow's first year. I want to say that was what thirteen. Is yes. that right? Yeah, something like that. That he had to take Deontay Savage late, <laughs> and now he may turn away a top one hundred player in the country. Like that's how much it shifted in his time. Josh, can you speak to the just? I, I think we've talked about it on the board, but just as far as the ability of uh, Andrew Rame, I know that there's some people out there that uh, you know. I would respect their opinion that think he's probably one of the best offensive linemen that maybe this state has ever produced, and he still is yet to play his senior year. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy, like I said, you know, and we've got a video breakdown for people that aren't members. Go read it. Check it out. I mean, it, it's we, we, we've Bob and I have put out some good stuff. We'll have a little bit more. Bob's got an interview humble coming. Brag. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no humble about it. Just brag. Um, but, no, you know, when I watch him, I see a guy that is so far ahead of really almost any high school offensive lineman I've seen the last few years. He is, I mean, you know, I've mentioned on the podcast a hundred times, but his, his head coach is a longtime NFL offensive lineman. His position coach played in college. He has, you know, like he's a four year starter at a big time program. 
they run a lot of unique, not unique stuff, but they run a lot of stuff through him. He'll pull, he'll down block, he'll, you know, he'll run counter stuff. Like he does a lot of different things and it just makes him so well rounded. And I think that's why when I talk to, you know, people, uh, you know, around Norman, there is a feeling he could play center. He could play guard. He could play tackle. He could do a lot of different stuff. And I think that's what, you know, we, we've talked about that's so perfect for Bill Biedenboe because he just wants to put the best five guys out there. He doesn't want to worry about, well, this guy's got to be this, that guy's got to be that. He just wants his five best players on the field. And I think Rame is one of those guys that, you know, with, with Buzz continuing to grow about Creed Humphrey, there's a chance Oklahoma's going to be looking for a starting center next year. Yeah, I, I don't know if Andrew Rame can come in and do that that fast because Creed Oh, even as great as Creed is, Creed, Creed couldn't do it. I'll advise him um, to stay. <laughs> sit down yeah, with the family. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sit down. Well, father and I'm son just, were I'm talking owning, on Twitter I'm last just night. Owning this, I'm just going to. It's owning. funny that now that the NFL start talk starts coming around, we get, we're talking about millions of dollars. Carrie's like, oh, maybe this is going to work well, out for us. Father and son were talking about cornhole on Twitter last night. I don't know. I get so sucked into cornhole whenever it's on TV. I just, I'm not much of a cornhole player, but that was one of the best shots I've ever seen. I mean, the air and mail. is there any doubt that that guy drinks Budweiser and smokes cigarettes? No, like that, that guy. I mean, not, even the skinny ones, you know the, that they. The do. internet has been uh, delivering. Heard the little man syndrome at the beginning the of the. Shot, uh, yeah. uh, sounded like a clip from uh, possibly from uh, Big Twelve Media Day with uh, YouTube stars or something. <laughs> I, yeah, we I need can't to say get, that. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Josh. I, I can't say that I've seen this video, but I'm guessing by the fact the way you all are talking, he, do you think he had had to relearn his shot? While not holding a Budweiser, Some, and a cig somewhat, in his mouth. yeah, somewhat, yeah, had to retrain himself, yeah, yeah. It's almost like it's probably a little bit like you know, learning to run on one of those spring feet when you, after amputation, <laughs> Oscar Pistorius type. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, there's there's nothing else going on. So when cornhole comes on, I don't want to watch it, but it just sucks me in. Well, it's a it's a great summer show, I guess. Yeah. I'd much prefer to watch uh, golf, but I'm busy with Stranger Things right now. How's that going? I just started uh, episode one of season two. I'm wow, you flew through, through episode one yeah. of season one. Now you know, and for all the people like, how's he sitting there? Like when I'm watching a show, yeah, I literally why don't you do have some my real work, Josh. Exactly. I've got my computer in my lap, and I've had to rewind at least thirty times for the first season because I'm like. It's clearly something important just happened here. I got to I got to go back and cuz I mean I've got it on but I've got my computer and like I'm working on an Andrew Rame story or I'm working on something else. Like there's always something going on and about I would say about half the show it has my actual attention. But you don't do any notes threads anymore. Well, let's let, can we just uh, I mean the board is like I think I think Bob actually got scared by the board finally. Like when you were I mean the over the Kennedy Brooks stuff. I mean, just people losing their mind. Oh, just not it, that, but every like every thread that gets started, people. Well, on Monday at least, people were losing their mind. Monday was pretty crazy. I can't I, post anything without getting attacked right now, no matter what it is. It's the hundred degree heat with the Dante Manning decommitment with the thunder blowing everything. Uh, I think the up. thunder's a big just, part of it. People needed some good news. Bryson Washington wasn't enough. It seemed like Andrew the, Rain. Well, wait, it turned into like I mean, okay, so Bryson Washington commits, and we have four stories ready to go. Like, 
And it's like the Kennedy Brooks, it's a rumor that's out there that wasn't even really confirmed. It was just a tip that had been thrown out on the internet from an email or something. Uh, and, you know, then we had to go dig, and Jason Kersey did a great job. Fantastic and, job. And uh, he and I were talking a lot yesterday, and uh, I know we had kind of chased some stuff down and uh, found out that, it, you know, it wasn't a police matter of any type. And then uh, Kersey got a really big break. I want to talk about his reporting process, but uh, he had, was the first one to really confirm it was a Title IX issue. Uh, and, you know, we all know how that stuff goes, but it's amazing. I think the thing that is amazing and it's not surprising because, I mean, look, it's gotten to, this has been kind of brewing over the last few years about, uh, and people know that we've kind of shut down doing summer workout stuff because to me, the juice is just not worth the squeeze. I mean, uh, coaches don't want you, you know, meddling with their players. The uh, administration doesn't. And the only way you get that information is players or parents. And it's it's second or third hand information with a slant to it with a slant to it because if a parent's telling you something <laughs> they're wanting to say that every kid at their kid's position sucks and that you know they're not oh well you know look at i mean boy cd lamb is just not working very hard this summer i mean i heard he's been partying all yeah this summer. i mean like really you know i mean so that stuff and it never like when you hear that stuff i can't remember anything where i was like boy, we've been hearing this since the summer. We saw this coming. Like, no, it just, like, we'll go Monday to Big 12 Media Days, and they won't even be finished with summer workouts, by the way, yeah, completely. and there's nothing that Lincoln's going to say about those summer workouts. I mean, he might say, you know, that, you know, a kid here or there has really stood out, but, I mean, we know we know the hard workers on the team. We know it's CeeDee Lamb. We know Jalen Hurts is going to be real high. We know Creed Humphrey's the leader of the offensive line. Like we That's not new. It's like we could write this down. People would be like, oh, thank you so much for the summer information. That was fantastic. No, it's just common sense that everybody knows that if you've read our stuff ever since the spring, you know all this stuff. I mean, I'm trying to think of like Lee Morris, workout warrior, great guy. I mean, um Adrian Ely and Marquise Hayes are huge. <laughs> Breaking news. Well, and you could do, you could even do like, uh, Adrian Ely is a little inconsistent, they say. I mean, like, yes, he has been the entire time he's been in Norman. I'm sure I, that, that, you know, goes inconsistent at what, though? Well, They've been doing drop steps and squats <laughs> for the last two months. But that's the thing. I mean, you just take what you know already. Or you could look at Benny Wiley's Instagram and start building your own assumptions. You really could put together, so if you were that desperate to put out, a summer information notes thread. You could just do it on Benny. Well, like you could pay attention to who was last in every drill and be like, uh, uh, I could tell that, you know, chance Sylvie is slacking off compared to the rest of his group. Someone just reported that someone aggregated that information. Right. As you said it, Carrie, honestly, I don't, I, I believe you. <laughs> I believe you that that has happened. <laughs> Um, Did you see him working at Walmart or something? Yeah, I saw him working me. at Walmart. Yeah, you? yeah. Yep. He's now he's I, one of the greeters. You can earn twenty five hundred dollars a summer. Okay. I I, I don't put think you need up. to anymore. I mean, you get so much stuff. <laughs> he's got the yellow vest, and he's he's one of the greeters. You know, it's a good job. And, to and get it. it only feeds what you're talking about. But in in my in my Oklahoma yesterday, and I put it up late last night because the rain stuff happened and it just kept getting pushed back all day. But anyway, I put it up and there was a few player notes in there just because I thought kind of with the week it had been, it would be kind of a funny way to start the Oklahoma. So, and it was like, 
Jaden Davis and Jeremiah Cradell are kind of in front of everybody. Jaden Davis played at St. Thomas Aquinas, and Jeremiah Cradell played at Mauder Day. This ain't rocket science. Like, yeah. those guys have they're played developed. elite. Yeah. Yes, like, they're just more ready. Oh, another one. Spencer Rattler's really good. <laughs> what? Confirmed. Confirmed. Like, you know, and it's like, oh, okay. You know, I mean. Well, remember I, there I, was like, the one summer where Baker had a torn rotator cuff or something? I mean, it's just, just. Just ridiculous stuff left okay. and right. And you the can question, almost guarantee that probably came from like uh, some backup quarterback's dad that was a freshman or something. The the question people need to ask themselves when they get pissed at us about this stuff. Now, the Kennedy Brooks thing, I'll own. We kind of yes. had that. We should have chased it. That's my fault. Like, that is your fault. That's on me. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's my... No, I've got no problem with that. I, I will own it entirely. The issue is... Think about all these rumors you've heard through the summers. Like, Kerry kind of said it a second ago. When's the last time when you were like, man, we heard about this all summer. We heard this guy was going to be great. Like, that you didn't know. Like, you might have heard CeeDee Lamb's really good. Everybody, uh, we're, we're, we're lacking some technological equipment, no, so no, I'm going to stop myself. I've got pen and paper. Every, Go ahead. Don't censor yourself. Everybody knew CeeDee Lamb was really good long before he got to Norman. Like, that, that, that wasn't rocket science. And everybody could tell from the spring that he is putting in work at the weight room. So, like... If you come out and say, oh, CeeDee Lamb's having a great summer working out. Yeah, we knew that was going to happen. He's trying to get drafted in the first round. He's trying to win the Blitnikoff. He's matured. You, you know who's, who could break that news? Literally every person he has a summer class with. Yeah. Wow, he's put on 15 pounds. He looks great. Now, if you want to tell me, you know, who's got baby mamas now and stuff like that, great. You're, you're breaking news. But that's not what we do. We're not here hey, for that. Eddie, did you ever um, finalize the correct terminology for the Kenneth Murray incident? I mean, was it a kerfuffle or what? what oh my God! What, what, what? You know, was it a um, scrum? I've been silenced by Jim Gallagher's office, and even though he's not the president anymore, <laughs> we still have to. Uh, they don't want any more of that out because that doesn't happen on any other football program in the country. Nick Saban would never allow that. Mm mm. I think Nick Saban's strength coach actually fights people. Yeah, that guy's nuts. That guy is nuts. You get like a if you're like the puss of the day, you got to brawl with him. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's motivation, dude. That dude's certifiable. So, look, Big Twelve Media Days. We're literally days away. Monday, we get to talk to, uh, and they did announce the list: Kenneth Murray, uh, Neville Gallimore, um, Creed. Creed Humphrey, uh, Nick Basquin, and who is the other? CD. CD Lamb. So, yeah, we get to talk to all those. And I think, you know, Kenneth Murray's not really big on, I don't know, be interesting. I've never really been able to get Kenneth Murray to talk about other people. I feel and that Kenneth Murray says too many times what the coaches want him to say. Yeah, he knows what is expected when... He that, knows coach speak. That was always the difference between him and Bolton last, oh, last oh, year. Oh, God, yeah. You know, you went to – Murray would tell you what, what you think the coaches are trying to convey, and then Bolton would tell you what is actually going on in the locker room and what the players are thinking. And it is weird. I mean, I was thinking about this this morning. It's just so weird because we've spent so much time and written about it and talked about it so much. Like, Alex Grinch has never coached a game as defensive coordinator at Oklahoma, but it seems like – He took over, like, he seems like he took over instead of Ruffin McNeil at the end of last year. Because we've been talking about it so much. 
So, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously that's going to be a big topic. And, you know, Jalen Hurts not being there, I, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I it sort would, of figured it would be good for Oklahoma to because have him there. But it, I understand you haven't named him a starting yeah. quarterback. Uh, so are we going to do this again? Where they, yeah, they tell us that <laughs> that's how it works. Somebody that, needs to just put their hand up and say, uh, "Coach Riley, that's bullshit." Think, think. <laughs> I, I don't believe that. Just think about it. the Heisman Trophy winner wasn't at Media Day last yeah. last year. Yeah. So yeah, th- this is how it's gonna be. Well, and not only that, but Trevor Knight went <laughs> instead of Baker Mayfield in 2015. It's, it's insane to me. It's funny. It's just how it goes. You just have to... Just one of those things, you're just like, yeah, it's stupid, but that's that's tradition. That's the way it goes. That's what they're going to do. It's not changing. So, Eddie, uh, you'll be able to skip out because Oklahoma goes Monday. Yeah. Where I was I- hoping you would go, you know, rogue bagel guy on uh, Sam Ellinger. Or Ellinger. You know, until you said something, I didn't even realize that Texas was going on the second day. I might stay down there. Hang out with Sam. He is a he is a horns up for peace uh, board member. So (laughs) he's on the board board of trustees. Yeah, he's on the board of trustees. So he's a committee member. So it's not going to be like the bagel guy. Shut your mouth! You're not God or my father or my boss. God, I love that guy. Uh, He's five feet tall. I mean, oh, I can definitely see. You know what I love about that video the most? That guy has gotten it his entire life. Is he so short? The other men, you can't see their necks even. Because everybody's like pan down yes, and focused on so him. Yes, so pan down to the, the he he literally is Steve Rogers before he became Captain America. That guy has <laughs> just he's had such a tough life because he's gotten it from every angle. He's, I guarantee you, like he takes sex. it every day. Uh, well, I think the suicide's going to come before the sex, but we we shall see. He just needs to you know start pay somebody whoring. Just pay yeah. for it. Just pay for it. Yep. He's in New York City. You could do, do, yeah. just walk down the road, get a homeless person. I was going to say take a load off, but that seemed too obvious. So He needs a full load off of himself. <laughs> that man, that is one man that is tired of Pornhub. Oh, my gosh. It, 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 his computer doesn't even work anymore. <laughs> he has to go to the, uh, he has to go down to the uh, New York City library. <laughs> Insert the Randy Marsh meme. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, yeah, but. You're not really going to stay around for Ellinger, are you? No, probably not. I'll, I got I got to come back. But he's he's got to take me home, or I'm going to be yeah, in the Bob bigger doghouse. That's, <laughs> that's the other thing. Congratulations, Bob! It's the first time we've had you on since yeah. the baby was born. <laughs> it's the first time you've got to leave the house in two weeks. I'm sure. It's the second, except but yeah. you take pictures yesterday. Uh, well, I had to make a trip to Target. I had to be the mom going grocery doing all the shopping but yeah this is the second time i've left without the baby do you feel pressure bob you've been gone for three hours but i just been not, driving yeah. around norman <laughs> just, i needed a, freedom just carrie keeps talking i don't know what's happening the, pod, the podcast it took five, five hours today <laughs> why is there why alcohol so in your breath yeah <laughs> bob the sun's down okay it's too late well, i was telling the guy when i, I came in her six a.m. feeding ended at 8.45, so it has uh, not been a nice start to the day. Are you going to get one of those boobs for men? So you <laughs> no. can feed the baby? What do they call that? Manneries? 
Sounds like an orange yeah. box feeding. <laughs> Josh, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes, I know what you're talking about. Uh, they call them manneries. Is that what it is? I think that's right. Like, there's, I think, like, there's also, like, moobs. Like, there's, like, there's all kinds of stuff. <laughs> what is so. that? Just an udder that you put on yeah. your chest? <laughs> The baby just has to, it's like a puppy. It turns into a dog. It's just searching for a well, a it's, nipple. You know, it's, it's nipple exactly. confusion with the moob. <laughs> oh, my God. I think they yeah. sell those at Christie's Toy Box, actually. <laughs> God. You just put wine in them? Put whatever you want in them. A little shot of tequila. Tequila, lotion, whatever. Oh, God. <laughs> lotion. <laughs> So yeah, I'm glad that you got out of the house. Get away from the the bay. Now is the is it like barely any sleep still, or is it starting to sleep a little? It I refer to it as it her. Dude, she. We're all right with saying the name. Pearl Nicole was born on June 29th, but yeah, it's. I always have a, a schedule where I think I've got it locked down, and then she just sort of changes it up on me. Like I I, I give a little breathing time. Okay, this one's just gonna be fussy and it's gonna be tough. But then she still makes it tougher than what I first thought it would be. But she's a, a great baby when she's not hungry. She's awesome. Would you say that as a organization that we've been understanding and good to you? Oh, absolutely. This is like an exit interview now. <laughs> Carrie has like a knife out to his neck. It's really strange over here. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. He's not even it's actually a box cutter. Ask me to do it, but I got a care Bar package. Borrow that from Justin Chase on. I got a care package oh from God. the Scoop fam. The Scoop fam. Yeah, which, which I love. Eddie and I, you know, we just paid our share we didn't like <laughs> josh was i don't know fully, how much josh even did okay yeah i think i think tiffany probably is that true josh did tiffany put it together more than you did like we talked about it but there, she was definitely the final say like i will say like we sent bob a toy that i was like he's got to have that toy that toy got me out of more shit when laney was a baby than anything I could. Sorry. When I start talking about Laney as a baby, the profanity comes out, even if I'm trying not to. Uh, That's Carrie. fine. No, yeah, but, don't worry um, about the profanity thing anymore. But, We're good. you know, the, um, that toy, and Bob, like, I felt so bad for Eddie and Carrie because Bob and I and our, like, our little group message on Twitter were like, Those blankets. Bob was are like, awesome. I love those blankets. <laughs> and I was like, I love those blankets too, dude. Like, and Carrie and Bob are, are Carrie and Eddie are like, What the? F what is happening? Well, here? I just want to find him so I can buy one. <laughs> If they're I, that good, I need I need one. They are incredibly soft. Eddie like wants to get a Snuggie made out of one. I have a Snuggie. You, you, I'm telling you, those would beat a Snuggie because they're like lighter than a Snuggie. They're, yes. they're, that's good stuff. Uh, I guess we should shout out Aiden and Anais. I mean, just, just go ahead and give them their due. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. A lot of dads out there like nodding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Is that the brand of the towel or something? Yep. It's, it's, it's just a little like... It's not a sheet. It's not a blanket. Like it's somewhere in between. But it's what you. It's what we always swaddled both of ours mm -hmm. in, and the did swaddle make, is do crucial. They, do they make Just, beer koozies? Maybe Eddie and I could get those. Ooh, that'd be nice. A little soft as you hold your as your coldy. Yeah, that's all right. Bad. <laughs> At least like a sleeve, like for your Yeti or something. Hmm. Uh, okay, not a bad idea. So, uh, as we said, uh, Big Twelve Media Days have come out, or are coming on Monday and Tuesday. I was going to say the polls have come out. Oklahoma number one. I was looking this up. So, seven out of the last nine, really, since it's become the Big Twelve minus two, uh, Oklahoma has been voted number one. Seven out of the uh, the the nine times that they've had a preseason poll, 
You guys know who the other two teams were that uh, would have been Baylor were number one. Baylor was not one of them. Real okay. This is a shot in the dark because I think it's kind of weird. Was it Kansas State one year? No. No. Okay. For some reason, I was thinking Kansas State and like it's a team with purple. TCU. I think like TCU. Okay. TCU was one year. Okay. I don't know what the other uh, one is. The other was Texas? O- Oklahoma State. Oh, oh in two thousand eleven. Do yeah, I think it was eleven? Um, OU was number one heading into two thousand. Yeah, that wouldn't season. have been them. OU was, was it, number one in twenty. It was twenty thirteen. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. If it wasn't for Blake for uh, Blake Bell's pass, that would turn. Yeah, that was that, that was a good Oklahoma State team. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, TCU was twenty fifteen. They were number one. Baylor That's was second. Okay. So yeah, you had two years where Baylor won it. And then they, but they were never number one going into a season. So, and Texas has never been never number one since the Big Twelve reformed. Wow! In not, the preseason, not just terribly surprising, is it? Were you surprised at the margin? I was yesterday? a little. I, I thought Texas would get more votes, first place I votes, going into it. Yeah, only sixty-eight first place votes for Oklahoma. Uh, nine first place votes for Texas. No one else received first place votes. To me, it's just it's strange, and I know you know it's it's a legitimate ranking. But man, seeing West Virginia at number seven after a lot of people talked about them as being a potential conference champion a year ago, I mean, that's a really far fall for them. I just don't know what they. I mean, would they lose five players to transfer on defense? Yeah, and obviously, I mean, they have. Um, you know, there will always be that Austin Kendall connection with uh, West Virginia, but defensively, they could be worse than they have been, and that's that's saying something. That's saying something. They, I mean, they've been kind of like Oklahoma State, where they were pretty good defensively and just kind of fell apart as the year went along. But their secondary has been, I think, really the the standard in the conference for a while. Their safeties that they've put through the Carl Josephs and those types of guys, they've had some studs. And now they're all. Has it the, just been like the turnover with the coaching staff and stuff? Because they're all in the portal. All those three, those safeties left within <laughs> what, like seventy-two hours or something? It was like someone came in and just basically pissed them all off, and they were like, "Okay, we're out of here." You know the team I've uh, I bought in on very stupidly, Baylor. Baylor, I think Baylor. Their schedule is incredible. It is- ridiculously easy to start. Stephen F. Austin, UTSA at Rice. They're going to go 3-0, I think. I mean, I think. Yes, I like Charlie Brewer. I love Matt Rule. And then their Big 12 schedule, they play four road games. At Kansas State, at OSU, at TCU, at Kansas. You know who else has that's down low that has a really favorable schedule? And I don't. I know some guys transferred out with the coaching change. By the way, that is a ridiculous stat, too. Kansas, Kansas State, West Virginia, Texas Tech, uh, seven through ten, all with coaching changes. There's a lot of new faces around, isn't there? But the team that intrigues me, I think, is Kansas State. But like I said, I, I I haven't paid enough attention to what their losses are. I know they lost the Isaiah Zuber kid that was a great yeah. kick returner and punt returner, transferred to Mississippi State. Um, Obviously, Delton left for the yeah. Frogs. Delton left for TCU. Who's their quarterback? That exactly. Yeah, I think. I mean, they can't do any worse finding a quarterback than Snyder was doing toward the end. <laughs> no, I think that 
Chris Kleinman is a very good hire. It's a very safe hire, but I just don't know if he'll ever be a guy that you look up and Kansas State's competing for a Big 12 championship. I think fourth, fifth place, and that's basically what Kansas State has been, hasn't it? Outside of, you know, the years that Bill Snyder wasn't holding that program under hostage. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, I, I agree with you, Eddie. Like, if he was a guy that they were consistently running out seven and five, eight and four, I could believe that completely. Like, and maybe every, you know, once a decade, maybe they've got a team that's senior heavy and, you know, got a good quarterback. Maybe they could make a run. But I, I, I agree. I don't know that he's the guy to, like, inspire to go farther kind of thing. But, I mean, I'll be real surprised if a guy like him doesn't have – solid success at Kansas State. Yeah, I think he's, he'll be good, but never, I don't think, will you look at it and say, boy, I think Kansas State is, I think what they're going to be is a perfect college basketball team in that every four years when that group of seniors gets enough experience under their belt, they'll go compete, and then they'll have to restart it all over again. Yeah, they haven't been relevant since Colin Klein and Lockett. Feels, yeah. uh, 2012, 20, sure. Yeah. I have they a came, team. Came into Norman. Now I have a team that I think could be the big disappointment too. That's that's highly thought of. I got it. Is it Iowa State? Is that who you got? Yep. Oh, yep. I, that's who I was betting on. See, I thought like going into this, I was going to be the guy that I was going to be the only person out there that was <laughs> saying oh, they're completely them. overrated. And I just, it's about what you're about to say. Is I feel like when you lose Hakeem Butler and David Montgomery off of an offense, and then. You turn it around, and Brock Purdy was awful at I, the end of the year. He was, yeah. but I I love his potential. I mean, sure, but I mean, you look at I mean they they almost I mean I was looking at their schedule this morning. They only beat Drake in that replacement game they played because yep. of the hurricane. They only beat them twenty seven twenty four, and then they lost their bowl game to Washington State, which is a really good team. Uh, and they played and that was a great I game. Thought, that was a great one. game, yeah. yeah. But I mean, they got beaten pretty bad by Texas in a game that mattered. Late in the year, uh, they had that game where they they scored forty eight against Oklahoma State, but they gave up forty two, uh, and not to mention how they play against Iowa every year. And if Oklahoma doesn't suck on defense anymore, that's probably not a game they're going to win. Well, as long as Zeb Nolan doesn't come in and uh, throw for three hundred and sixty against OU, they'll Holy be fine. Shit, didn't he leave though? Yeah, he he's transferred. Gone. Yeah, he tra- and I I don't even think he transferred to. Somewhere that was like notable. I think it was like a uh, directional state, like a Murray State yeah. or something. But yeah, I mean, you look at their their games. Oh, ironically, he transferred to North Dakota State. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, but you, I mean, they have to come to Norman this year. Um, they they have to go to Baylor. They get TCU at home. They they have Oklahoma State at home. Texas at home. I mean, it's it's made up, but I just, yeah. I mean, I could just see them. I like their defense. I, I, you know, I love Matt Campbell. I just think I just they just feel like a team that could really disappoint to me. If they yeah. get off to a great start, it'd be funny how that narrative will change with them coming to Norman since they won two years ago. Yeah. Which yeah, I mean, they have four. They had four guys make the preseason All Big Twelve list on defense including Ray Lima, who is a good argument for the Defensive Player of the Year, uh, preseason anyway. Speaking of which, Boy, Kenneth Murray. surprise Murray was yeah. the uh, <laughs> pick there. I would say Ooh. all OU fans are surprised. It, I think it... Go ahead, Josh. 
I, I did a pod with Catch yesterday. Dun dun dun. We can get He's alive. Second. Yes, he lives. Um, and he we did discuss Eddie a little bit. Um, interesting. I he's gonna really like my artwork that I just posted on the message board. <laughs> oh God. So I, all four, uh, all four of you, all three of you, all four of us are included in the picture as well. Oh, wonderful. Good, good. Um, I'm about to tweet he, it. Like, we're talking about uh, Oklahoma's front seven, and, you know, he's like, I, I feel like Oklahoma probably has the best front seven in the Big 12. I'm like, wow, that's that's saying a lot. And he goes, you know, Kenneth Murray, he's automatic, blah, blah. And I'm like, when I talk to anybody that doesn't watch every snap of OU football, they're like, Kenneth Murray's a man. That dude's a beast. And then people like... Fans, beat guys, you know, people like us that watch every single play are so down on the guy. Like, I got to feel like the truth somewhere in the middle. Like, because there's no way he's as bad as we think he is at at times, at times. And there's no way that my eyes are lying to me that he's a future first-round pick this this fall or next spring. (laughs) We have to take a break. (laughs) What is this? What just happened? Have you oh, seen no. the art artwork, Josh? Oh God! I'm very <laughs> and he scared. just turned Ketchum into the Stay, the Stay Puff. Puff Marshmallow Man. It's the it's the Ghostbusters. Why am I Ernie Hudson? Because I can't find uh, I can't I couldn't find a picture with your uh, face not half cut off. You do like the side eye picture a little bit, Carrie. Not bad, huh? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, if you can't laugh at that, you don't have a sense of humor. <laughs> the olds are going to come after you. Um, They've been coming nothing, after Eddie all week. Nothing new. You know what I got on my side, though? Time. Wait Why would out. they come after Eddie? I'm just... I think say he's hating catch. If anything, if anything, they're gonna kill me because I was on there and I was fairly, um, not even fairly. I was just completely reasonable with him. So, I, you know, and to catch his credit, I thought catch was completely fine yesterday. There was no shouting over me or argue. Like we just talked. It was fine. Hmm. That's odd. It, it's not always been my experience with catch, and he knows that. So it's all right. Okay, uh, back to the All Big Twelve team. Uh, Sooners, yes, they did get a person on defense, and it was Kenneth Murray, who was the defensive player of the year. The, the, can I just real real quick on the Kenneth Murray thing? I think that it's one of those things that Oklahoma fans, and because we watched it all year, we get kind of sucked into a vacuum. Like I don't think that Kenneth Murray is nearly as bad as the football player as people want to make him out to be. Is that I mean, is that fair to say? I, I yeah, so. I mean, it's just that. You know, I think the, everyone's biggest problem with Kenneth Murray is instinctually he's just he doesn't have it, and it's easy to see. Sure, and that's not something that you can just yeah. get in, sit in a film room with Teddy Lehman all summer and just learn all of a sudden. And as a middle linebacker, you get exposed when you're not an instinctive football player. You get exposed at that position as much as anywhere on the field. No, I agree. It just it. It's going to be a, I don't want to even say it's a make or break year, but when you go into a season in which you've been selected as the Big 12 preseason defensive player of the year, you you better not bust. 
Like, there's a lot of... You better not lose the job to Deshaun White in camp. Well, they, they need White at will. Well, yeah, I mean, sure. with Caleb Kelly's situation, well, they got no choice. Yeah, that's true. Unless they say Brian Mead's better than Deshaun White. So well, I'm all in Sean on the Brian White. Mead train. <laughs> there's a... I mean, look, the linebacker position... And I'm going to be interested to see... And that'll be something interesting to talk to Lincoln about on Monday. Like, how... Is the timetable moved up on Caleb Kelly's return? Because like you said, you guys saw him out at, at, at camp. He's not wearing a knee brace even. He's, he seems to be getting around really well. You know, it's really funny that... Is that like a top five question to Lincoln Riley on Mondays just as far as a status check with Caleb Kelly? Because we did see him out at camp. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he certainly wasn't moving around like a guy that no. was going through a ACL rehabilitation. And I think that when... He got hurt. That was the first thing that a lot of people thought was, oh, it's an ACL thing. Well, and that was something that Lincoln mentioned. We had a meeting with him. God, when was that, Bob? That was late, late May. Late May. And he was hinting like, you know, they're having to hold him back from trying to do too much in his rehab. So, but I mean, you, you still take a while to heal. I mean, you can't, you can't, you know, uh, speed up. The natural healing process of a body. And what's weird is last year they contemplated the four-game rule. Maybe they do that again if he can't quite be ready when yeah. they start. It, it'll be interesting to see how it all worked. Work but it's out kind of you know it's kind of like you know when the Frank Shannon. I was reminded of that stuff with the whole Kennedy Brooks thing. Like remember. He came back for a year, but he was a non-factor. He was not, yeah, and nothing like, and at that it, point. And he, he had to try and rush and get back, and it was his final year, and everything just kind of passed him by. Like Jordan Evans was so far yeah. above him at that point. Like if if the defense is really figured out, is there really a spot for somebody to come in with four games left? Because it could be disruptive. Then again, if the defense sucks and. <laughs> Alex Grinch might just kick all the linebackers off scholarship. That would be status check on Caleb Kelly, status check on Jalen Redman. I, I mean, I know Lincoln's going to get sick of talking about it, but it's going to be a lot of status checks. I wonder what what would you say position wise has you know is the least or the, the would be hurt most by injury to a starter? Would it be linebacker? Say that again. If there was what position would be hurt most by an injury to a starter? Center. I don't think that at all. You think Tyrese Robinson? Yeah, I think they would, just would move Tyrese. I think they'll play him as the backup. And oh, no. I mean, there would I think be a drop there is, off. There is but I don't so think, much. What that, I'm saying is, there would be a drop off. You wouldn't be as good. You wouldn't have a potential All American there. But it wouldn't derail your entire unit. I don't know. Am I in the am I, argument. am I in the minority right now that says that I think their offensive line is a top three question mark going into the season? And I could make a damn near good argument to make it number one. No, not with Bill Biedenboe to me. He's gonna get it figured out. I, mean, I, think, he, so. I think it's I it's easier to say that. that with Derek Farniok yeah. and Josiah Saint. But those John. guys had played. I mean, those guys had actually played but they were in terrible. games. They had actually played in games though. He had to move Orlando Brown to the starting lineup. I, I mean, think the difference between OU actually competing for realistically for a national championship is putting an offensive line together damn it josh go no for me tiebreaker well i i'm kind of in the middle because i can't go number one eddie that secondary is a huge question mark sure like i don't 
safety is a potential dumpster fire. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Offensive line, like, it, it won't be what we've seen the last few years. Like, there's no, no way. There's it's no just, way. It's not reasonable. But can it be good enough? Yeah. Like, I'll be real. Because I... I honestly think this group that's going to be there is more talented than the place, the group it replaces. It's just not experienced. So, and what I'm going to be really interested to see, and so, you know, I keep coming up with this. It won't shock me at all if Eric Swenson is the starter in the opener. How much, like we've seen in a lot of years, is that going to change by game three, game four by Texas? Remember, Alex Dalton started. That game they that lost Houston against game. Houston. Yeah. Alvarez yeah. started last year. Yeah. Things well, they things liked changed. Alvarez. He just you know concussions kind of derailed his career. Well, well yeah. Alvarez started the season opener last year. Yes. I have blacked that out completely. And then I believe Creed started the second game, and Alvarez started Iowa State. I be- That's right. And then, but then the concussions happened, and Creed took over. That's right. That's right. Wow, I had forgotten. I wow, I had completely blocked that from my mind. I think it's probably Carrie and Creed have been working on me too hard. I don't know what that's about. It's kinky. Harsh. Yeah, it's not. It's not been good. A lot of lot of neuro work. No, but I mean, I I I think they're look. They're going to be hiccups on the offensive line. It's not always going to be pretty. But you also have a quarterback back there that's built like a linebacker. That's going to run. That's going to be able to cover up some of that stuff early that's going to be able to take some punishment to me I, I just think you go like Josh I mean safety is terrible I mean to me linebacker is terrible I mean if you lose a starter and you're like when you're talking safety the names to keep here and Patrick Field Delarian Turner yell and you don't know if it's because they've become so good or because the group is so bad I think it's because Patrick Fields starting. doesn't suck as bad as everybody else like he's not big or physical but he's in the right place. He's where he's supposed to be. You can't say that for Robert Barnes, and you can't say that for Delaire and Turner Yell. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think yet. with Fields, I think with Fields, you would say he's going to be where he's supposed to be, but he may not. He or he's not going to make a play that is you know above and beyond. Like he's going to do the things that he is supposed to do. And they got what, with, three, four, four-year guys in Jordan Parker, Chance Sylvie, and who's the other one I'm thinking of? Barnes. Yeah, that have been in the program for, for a long time. And you start, yep. you know, one, oh, uh, Motley. It's like, when, when oh. are those guys really going to take leadership here? I think uh, Alex ownership. Grinch's feelings about his secondary, I don't think he's BSing either. I mean, I think there's a little bit of a say something maybe you get Motivating. a little bit more out of him yeah. a little bit of a motivation factor but i don't think it's much of a i don't think he's blowing smoke at all well because who in that who in that secondary would you say has a legitimate nfl future trey brown's the only guy that i would be like maybe maybe yeah because he'll go and run a four three and somebody will get excited yeah up to this point i can't really i mean they've moved trey norwood to nickel i mean he'll be the starting nickel or Buki. Like, if you have Norwood at nickel, you're leaving out Buki then, I think. Which, I think, which I, would seem strange to say. I think they're more than happy to leave out Buki at this point. <laughs> I just don't. I think, you know, I, I think Grinch saw some of the stuff last year that he saw, and he was like, I don't know if I can win with that guy. Not the way. I mean, 
and it's weird because we 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 talk to the kid. We all His love that kid. Tremendous. Yeah, great attitude. When he's talking with us, at least. Yeah. So you just wonder, like, is it is it a little bit of was he hyped up a little too much? Uh, you know, that's the the interesting thing with him is just. <laughs> There's nothing about him that fits what Oklahoma wants to go to. I mean, the the way they want to play their corners, a five foot eight, five foot nine, you know, guy like like Buki just doesn't fit very well. And I don't know that it's that he can't play. I think he's just not a great fit for what's being implemented. And I I think with Grinch, I mean, it's clear he's going to run his scheme, and the best guys that fit it. That's who's going to play, not necessarily, well, he's the best talent. I'm going to put him out there and make my scheme fit that. I, I, I don't think that's the way he looks at it. I think he builds his defense or builds you know, his roster around the way his defense is best suited to play. Portal? Spring? 2019? Portal. I, I, I think that's a possibility. The defensive backfield portal in twenty in twenty twenty in the spring is going to be, I think, pretty lot stacked. Could be West Virginia twenty nineteen like. Yeah. Um. That I th- I think there's I, I've called it, it's going to be a bloodletting. I think. I think about, you're going to see a lot. I think three or like three or four. Oh, I mean, you've got him as a possibility, and then you throw in he and TJ's friendship. Where does TJ factor in this year? Is that what TJ saw for himself as a top 100 guy in the country? Like, and do they say, okay, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna do this together. We're gonna go out and do something else. Like, I don't know that it's animosity, but both those guys want to play, and I, I don't see a clear path for it right now. Yeah. Um, and the other thing from, a, you know, obviously I'm gonna always look at it from a recruiting standpoint. As big as Buki has been, especially in Southern California for Oklahoma and recruiting. What does it do if he leaves? I mean, does it go like, does it go toxic? Is it bad? Is it, you know, Buki's like, oh, it just didn't work out. You know, it'll be very interesting to see how he handles that and how kids react to it. Cause he, you know, no matter how his college career is gone, he has a lot of sway in Southern California. And Brock Vandegrift is taking pictures with him. He still means something, even if the yep. production isn't there on the field just yet. Agreed. Well, I will say this watch, he was coaching out at summer camp. He could not be more, you know, bought into the program. Just watching him, I mean, Eddie, you were standing there. You know, he was out there coaching the sure. the Relique Brown kid. Yeah, I mean, working with him, working with the DBs, like he's still to me a guy that's all in for this program. I so, think that there's a we're sense talking of, portal and all that stuff, but that is so far that that is you know if we're talking a year from now we're talking a year from now if he sure. is not in the plans and isn't even playing and things like that yeah who knows what's yeah. gonna happen during the season but his mind is completely yeah i'm not saying that he's like checked out or anything to oklahoma yeah well i'm not you know picking on you i'm just saying no, you were yeah. there watching yeah no doubt so uh by the way big 12 you know we, we talked about one defensive player was there anything for you guys that stood out any misses um any issues with any of the the I mean they do ask only for two running backs so there was a tie so that's why there are three um I almost think there should be four wide receivers on an all big 12 team but there's no fullback anymore so but Creed Humphrey uh he was first team CeeDee Lamb first team for both punt returner kick returner and wide receiver uh and then Grant Calcaterra which I find kind of interesting because 
I'm not sure Grant Calcaterra is the best tight end on OU's roster. I think Lee Morris could make a claim to that. That, that whole tight end thing is going to be really interesting, how that unfolds this year with uh, those two guys. And then, you know, what do you do with Stogner? Uh, where does Braden Moore, uh, Willis fit into the yeah. the equation? So I, I'm going to be very – I think Braden Willis is going to end up being one of those guys that they use a little bit like – Dimitri Flowers. Like a Dimitri Flowers. You line them up in the backfield a little bit. You can – you know, that little dump pass that they love to use with Flowers – and the thing they did with Flowers, and this is what Lincoln Riley did that was so genius, like they would save Flowers for the biggest games. Yeah. His biggest plays His came biggest in the plays biggest came, games. Yeah. Ohio State, uh, up in Stillwater, the Bedlam. Yeah. Had a couple big catches. There's no doubt about that. But it also helps when every, I think that, you know, Flowers was kind of a product of everything else as far as the offense goes because you had so much else to worry about. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this guy. He just went 85 on us. But, I mean, outside of that, you know, in ter- I mean, I'm fine with Ellinger being the starting quarterback. I-, I I don't know who else you would pick. Besides Hurts. And you can't pick Hurts. And you can't pick him. Yeah. I mean, he got newcomer of the year, so. Yeah, I think that was okay. I, I do think that there's a, <laughs> it's a funny dynamic. It's like. What if, did your poll say? Well, if. If he went anywhere else but Texas, it's like, I, if you are an OU fan, you can't even stand the thought of Sam Ellinger being a good quarterback. <laughs> you can't say his name. Well, he's a douchebag. I'm not going to say his name right. I thought he was on the board of Horns Up for Peace. Now he he's is. a douchebag. He is. He is. You can be both. People work now, with people in Washington, D.C. all the time, and they're douchebags. You know, we just work together, though. Um... I want the two things. A, I was on again with on the podcast with Catch yesterday. Stop I, bragging I, like it's a good no, thing. Stop no, that I, I'm I'm prefacing it on the damn podcast. I pulled an Eddie. I go Elling. I go Elinger. Elinger. Like I did it. I was like, damn it. I'm thinking in my head. I'm like Eddie, you son of a bitch. But um, just call him Elinger. That will really trigger like, people. Ketchum asked me an interesting question because he was like, I didn't think I realized OU fans had all this animosity towards Sam. And, you know, you guys kind of talked about it. Like, you really can't talk to an OU fan about Texas. Like, what do you think about them without them being like, Sam ain't anything. Sam's no, like, he's a good quarterback. Yes. Like, I don't understand where, like, I'm not saying he's a Heisman Trophy candidate. I'm not saying that he's a good player. There's no doubt about it. He's a good player. Um, Where would you guys rate like one to ten OU fans level of hatred for Sam Ealinger. Like I'd it, say a solid nine. Would you? I, I, I just, said like a six and a half, seven, like climbing. No, I think it's a I'm solid more, I'm more eight with, and a half, nine. I'm more with Josh. I mean, I think people hate him because of the Kyler stuff, and it also is weird that Baker gets into it with him. And I think they legitimately just don't like each other. I think that that. He's, Which is understandable. They went to rival high schools. They have a yeah. history with between one another. And I think he's 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 a penis. I mean, they hate how no well he's played against the Sooners in all three games. As a freshman, he had a fourth quarter lead against Baker Mayfield. And then, but Zeb Nolan played great against Oklahoma. I mean, really? Well, I mean, you just when you look, every quarterback plays great against. I know, Oklahoma. but against other schools, he hasn't fared so well, and he's just torched the Sooners in all three. Like, games. Again, that happens with everyone. So they but hate I, him more, I, though, because of it. I, I, 
I think also, though, Kerry, like, they hate him a little bit because he's good enough to beat them. Yeah. I and think... he plays on a team that's good enough to beat them. And I know I'll be killed for this, but he he carries himself a lot like Baker Mayfield does. They are very similar in in the way they're that cocky, they... Yeah. yeah, they're cocky they're and they... They they carry themselves in a representation. They represent their school. If Sam Elinger went to Oklahoma, people would think they would die for him. He would be the next Baker Mayfield. He's tough, man. Like, why would a fan base not love him? Like, that kid he has is tree trunks for tough. legs. I mean, his lower body is ridiculous. A, I think he's a great quarterback when his head coach isn't trying to kill him. <laughs> well, that's the thing. He'll go back into the game, concussion or not, too. Look, I'm fine. It just... Don't try and tell me that Sam Ellinger is, you know, on the on par with Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray. He's just no. no I don't no. think he's going to be a number one pick. I don't think he's. Uh, yeah, now, if Texas runs off a of twelve and one or something. He's going to be in New York City. That's just the way yep. it is. That's yeah, the way yeah, that yeah. the Heisman Trophy he's is the most overrated. Blood I mean, we've and, talked about that before. Yeah. It's a it's a BS trophy nowadays. If you play out of blue blood, you put up a really good record. You're going to New York City. And it's benefited OU quite well. Oh, absolutely. Last two years. But now I will say there's plenty, like we can go to like Danny Werfel and some of those years where you're like, it was just token to whoever the best team was. Is there any argument that Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray weren't the two best players in college football the last two years? No, I don't think so. I mean, like I get well, what if, you're saying and I agree with it, Eddie. I just, the last two, I don't have a big problem with. It turned out in the, in the voting that, that Kyler did really well against Tua. So, I mean, him getting hurt really hurt him, but it almost it was almost a landslide enough in some areas you thought Kyler might have won this regardless if if Tua had stayed healthy. It's amazing what Jalen Hurts did to help Kyler and now that how that's come full circle. Yeah. And um okay, so Big Twelve coming up uh, you know, summer workouts aren't over yet. It's still going on. Uh, but the big commitment from Rame, uh have we even talked about Bryson Bryce Washington I don't on think podcast so, because you guys went last Wednesday, right? And yeah, he, yeah, we and, did. And he went Thursday. But, I mean, Josh, that was, um, you know, you talk about the safety position and rebuilding that thing. I got to think if you start out in recruiting and you say, this is one of the guys we have to have. He's he's near the top of that list. Yeah, I mean, you, you look through the years, like, and you know, I liked. We talked a little earlier about Delarian Turner. Yell, like, I like him a lot. I think he can be a good player. He was never option A for Oklahoma. Like, he was down the list. He was a he was a solid option B that had a chance to be a good player. Bryson Washington is A. I mean, A of A, and it's been a while since Oklahoma. Really, I guess you could say Robert Barnes is is the last one that was a yeah. first take. This is the guy we want. We went and got him early. And unlike Robert Barnes, had everything going against him. This is a Houston area guy. Everybody thought he was going to Texas. You know, works with a trainer that's always been very pro-Texas. You know, there's there was nothing to back up that OU really had a chance there. And I, I mean, Bob, you, you can back me up on this, but I, it wasn't until very late in the spring that I even entertained the idea. It was a token that, visit for the spring yeah. game. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I, I, I didn't feel like that was a real thing. And I think Alex Grinch just did an outstanding job. And, you know, I didn't realize we're talking to Bryce and kind of after the fact that he and Grinch had a really strong relationship, even when Grinch was at Ohio State. And that just kind of carried on. 
I, I'm surprised it was enough to change things. But Grinch, I mean, he's really sold that kid on you can be one of the founding pieces of changing this defense. You can be the kind of guy that will change the stories about us. And if our defense can get to the level you can take us, we're going to win national championships. You know, that, that that's what they've sold him on. And, you know, I really thought Bryson would come out and be like, well, I'm still, you know, doing this and doing that. He's been very gung-ho about OU so far. So, I mean, we'll see how that goes, you know, two, three months away from his commitment. But so far, he sounds like a guy that is in with OU right now. Yeah, you can see social media. He went nuts about Rame. He's he's yeah, being that cheerleader guy. And that was actually going to be my question for you, Josh, because that has been the, the, the issue is whether or not he's going to stick or whether or not this is commitment for now and he'll actually sign with Texas. Just in his tone of voice, I mean, it's, it's so hard to judge, but did you really feel like this one's a little bit more locked down than what we first thought? Yeah, I do. I, I it, It's better for Oklahoma than I thought it was. Now... Am I ruling out that we won't hear rumors that he visited Texas for so-and-so game or maybe goes to OU Texas as Texas's guest? You know, no, I think that's all really possible. I, I think this is a fight that Grinch and the staff are going to fight till the very end. But like I always say, you know, when people get mad about these guys committing and then, oh, they keep looking around, at one point, he felt good enough about you to decide I'm going with you and not the other guys. He could have committed to Texas and he didn't want to do it. I don't know. I mean... Texas has te- used their official visit. He came back like two weeks later, and then like, and that that second visit was about two weeks before he announced. He hasn't been to Oklahoma but once, and did it two months ago. So, Oklahoma, or three months ago. Three months. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, th- I don't know what Texas is going to do that's really going to change things, other than if Oklahoma goes out there and defensively just looks lost. I mean, if it looks as bad or worse than it's been, okay. You know, you don't know how a kid's going to react to that. But if they show some signs of life, I don't really know what Texas can do that changes the story and changes where he stands. Uh, okay. Um, Deontay Manning decommits. Uh, where Where is OU there? I mean, obviously, Andrew Rames, the guy that was committed, decommitted. They got him back. Same story with CeeDee Lamb. Back in the day, Theo Weiss. Theo Weiss, same story. Uh, could is this another one you could see playing out like that, Josh? Or do you feel like right now that this is, even though he says, "Oh, you still involved," that this is something that could slip away from them? Other than Lamb, and you know, Bob may feel a little differently, but other than Lamb, all those guys, I still thought when they decommitted, like Oklahoma is going to be really tough to beat there. Like I just Theo loved OU. Rames, an in-state guy. I mean, there there was a lot there with Manning. I'm probably closer to where I was with Lamb. Like, Oklahoma is still absolutely a contender. I think if he doesn't pick from LSU, A&M, or Oklahoma, it would be pretty surprising. I, I think that's what it'll come down to. LSU, I don't think, has room to take him. And I think if they do, they're going to be really hard to beat. He is, really is enamored with them. Is, uh, is it really that simple, Josh, that if LSU doesn't have the room, then maybe he can end up being a Sooner? I, I think it's that. Now, A&M is a true contender. Now, I can, I've talked to some sources in that market that think A&M, I think, thinks they lead right now. Um, I think Oklahoma feels confident. I can tell you right now, you know, there were some people that when he decommitted, oh, he's a three-star. No, no, no. This is a guy <laughs> who wants bad. Like, this is, this is not just some dude. There are some people on that staff that I, I have gathered feel he is 
right up there with the top five, top ten corners in the country. They, they really like Dante Manning. So this is a guy that OU will fight for until there's just no reason to do so. So um, I, I think it'll probably come down to OU and A&M. Uh, it's been a while since we've had a really good OU A&M fight. Um, but I, I, that's kind of what it looks like to me. And, I mean, right now it's it's a coin flip. Like I, I could really see that going either way. I know he loved his A&M visit. Um, but – uh, he'll be back to Oklahoma at some point. I know he's supposed to go down to A&M, I think, later this month, maybe for their barbecue. So we'll see what happens. But like I said, I, I think OU is is right there with anybody. So kind of catch us up on just nationally where OU sits now with Rame uh, and kind of you know what's out there, where, where just in terms of a ranking-wise, where, where are they sitting, where are they looking it, it kind of having a ceiling right now. Well, you know, and, and I felt this way for a while because there wasn't to get into that top five, top six, you've got to have some five stars. And I just didn't see coming into this class a lot of very realistic options at, for to be a five star in this class. Like 2021, you've already got Brock Vandegrift. You, you feel like, okay, there's some other guys out there that maybe Oklahoma could make a move on. Um, and maybe that 2021 class could kind of look like 2019. This class to me has always felt like somewhere between seven and nine, maybe maybe tenth. I think it'll be a top ten class when it's all said and done. They're currently number fourteen in the rivals rankings after Rames' commitment, unless something has changed in the last couple hours. Which got to change Rames' ranking. That's that's what's got to go down. That oh, there's there's a couple of guys, but you know it ended up being where they you know they would have been I think. I looked at the numbers last night. I think they would have jumped at least one spot and maybe two if they were still had um, Dante Manning as part of the class. And, again, you talk about a guy that if he makes a move, you start moving around a little bit. But, I, I, like I said, I think Oklahoma, we're looking at you know probably one more offensive lineman for OU. Uh, Jalen Conyers, the tight end, I, I keep hearing that's an any-day thing now. I don't know if he's set a final time. He's kind of a quiet kid. I'm going to have to... <laughs> find a way out to West Texas and do all that and get the video and interviews and all that good stuff. So that should be a fun trip. But um, go through all that. At really, And other than that, at, at wide receiver is really, you know, there's Gary, uh, Gary Bryant from L.A., Marvin Mims from the Dallas area. I think it's kind of first come, first serve between those two. So we'll, we'll see there. And then defensively, there's a lot still to happen. Um, I think from I've started gathering some names for the barbecue. We'll have some of those names in the scoop uh, tomorrow. Uh, I guess on Friday for people that are listening on Friday. Um, that'll be a pretty good defensive line group that'll be there. There'll be a lot of offers from what I'm hearing. Um, should be a good crew. Uh, linebacker, I think, is just about done. I think if they can find the right rush linebacker, they might go that direction let Brendan Walker just be a pure inside guy where I think right now it's kind of in flux they'll kind of see how things play out and then at DB I mean you've got to they're going to chase Dante Manning Joshua Eaton at corner uh, I think it's pretty clear now Devon Graham is a corner for them I, I think that's where they're looking at him and then at safety I think they'd you know they'd like at least one more guy and they're they're trying to figure out who that's going to be because I don't see there's not a target out there that jumps out to me as like, okay, that's definitely the guy. Josh, can you get like a top five class without a quarterback? This seems so strange that I, it almost seems like we're going to go through an entire cycle and the Sooners are not going to take a high school quarterback. 
I think you can in places like Ohio State or Georgia or Alabama, but when you mix, I mean, like almost any class, one of the highest ranked guys in Oklahoma's class is going to be the quarterback because they can go recruit anybody they want to at that position. You know, you got Spencer last year, you got Brock Vandegrift next year, uh, and you know, and I, I can tell you that. Uh, if Brock hadn't committed, another big time guy from the East Coast, a guy named Caleb Williams, was really high on Oklahoma. I, I, I've even heard some stuff after the fact that, you know, um, he was considering a decision after his visit. So, I mean, there, there is a, there's just so much push for Oklahoma at quarterback that that's always going to be a guy that gets them a lot of points in the rankings. So it, it's hard to imagine, but like, I mean, sure, you know, the, the, and, the thing that people also forget is it's not a great year in state. I mean, Andrew Rame is underrated, but he's one guy that's going to yield you a lot of points. In a year when Oklahoma's going to finish top five in the country, generally it's going to be a year where there's four or five, you know, there's, it's like the, the, the Trey Brown year, Trey Brown, Justin Broyles, you know, you start running another list of in-state guys that were going to deliver you some points. If Oklahoma has to go, and land rivals 250 guys all over the country and gets one from in-state, man, it's tough to finish top five living like that. Okay, and last thing, I think, before we get out of here, Bob, uh, give us Mr. Eyeball Emoji. Give us the eyeball emoji report. I seriously think we are down to one. There's still some discussion about what was the big one and who was the spring game. I gave my thoughts on that last Friday where I thought Bryson Washington was the spring game, and that's why Oh Wow was used the second time because you, Lincoln doesn't double emoji. Mm-hmm. I know people, so, so many people probably don't care about this, but he doesn't double emoji anybody. We saw that with Marcus Stripling last year. He just doesn't do it. So if it wasn't Washington in the spring game, why didn't Washington get an emoji in the first place? That's why I say those are connected in some way. So f- to my tally, we're just down the one. With the major burns being the the, the lone Lincoln Riley ever. The lone one. No. Well, that that absolutely went against OU. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean, he, he had another one that didn't land, but it was OU's choice. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Yep. All right. Uh, anything else you guys wanted to hit on uh, before we get out of here? I don't think so. Trying to think? No. Got big plans for Sunday night in Dallas? No. I get to sleep. <laughs> you just got to go to the room and sleep, <laughs> huh? sleeping. I recommend that when you're rooming with Eddie because uh, he'll probably go to Texas Live and come back and snore. <laughs> Carrie, how much thought have you already put into where you guys are going to eat? I know you. You go to Dallas and you get excited about I some just went last other. weekend, so I don't really have... I went to El Phoenix okay. and I went to... Oh, God. Uh, I went to Shake Shack, so I'm good <laughs> for a while. Um... I mean, if when you guys we want to go to Shake Shack, I'm always down. I'm very that. boring. I usually end, end up at Champs. I, I I really like Champs. Right by our hotel. Uh-huh. I don't wander. You get a bomb now. <laughs> uh, Carrie, I, I'm, I really tried to take a picture a couple of weeks ago when I was going through Dallas on my way to Oklahoma. We had stopped by um, a Starbucks that was right next to an El Phoenix. And as I'm driving by on the way to the Starbucks... There are a bunch of guys with the loading stuff into the back door of El Phoenix, and they're taking it from their trunks, Carrie. <laughs> this didn't seem hygienic or good, I'm and I tried to get a to what picture. You're saying, and I refused to. <laughs> 
But I, I, I think we need to find a new obsession, Carrie. We, we no, got to let it go. I was just showing the guys. Uh, my parents are obsessed. There is, uh, there are these people in Dallas. I think it's South Austin Gallery. Uh, but they take a lot of like really cool pictures, kind of artistic of different things around Dallas. Like they did a whole Frisco series of like all the old school Frisco things. And uh, my parents gave me one of El Phoenix. Is that a coaster? It's a coaster. Yeah. yeah. Coaster. They have one of. I use it proudly. They have one of the time that the entire city of Dallas let the country down when they let a president get killed in that city. <laughs> Parkland? <laughs> Should. Or you mean just the just bo- in bo- general bo- depository? It never happened in Oklahoma City. Well, we got bombed. I mean, tragedy happens everywhere, Eddie. Uh,. Here's my thing, Josh. I don't know. Do I need to mark something there? I'll just, just for reference. Um, <laughs> sneaking one in on me, probably. Josh, here's the th- here's my thing. Just let me have El Phoenix. Why do you? Why does it have to be an affront to your personal tastes? Yes, it's I made ta- you go there one time. I won't ever make that mistake again. <laughs> I told my parents. Because- I took my mom down to. Uh, Loves last or Love Field last night. Uh-huh. She's going out of town or whatever, and oh yeah, you Dallas. had to drive down. So yeah. we had to drive down there, and uh, we passed in El Phoenix. And I said, "Oh, Carrie loves that place." And my mom said, "Oh, what's it like?" And I said, uh, "It's kind of like a trashier El Chico." <laughs> that was my. Uh, That's not true. That was my. Uh, that was my description. Scale El Chico. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about that. They actually own El Chico. The El Phoenix people do that. Yeah, fraternity brother. His grandfather is El Chico. Really? Yeah. So okay, he got bought by El Phoenix. I did not know that. Carrie, I'll, you've already put it in terms. Okay, what do you love about Shake Shack? Like, what's what's your what's your go to? I mean, thing just Shake get Shack. the burger. Yeah. What, I mean, what do you okay. not love about Shake Shack? <laughs> okay, I don't okay, like I, their shakes. I don't. I don't think their shakes are really that great. I can say I've never eaten at Shake Shack. It's good. Never. It's worth it. But okay, so you could have Shake Shack, or you could have McDonald's. What burger are you gonna go have? Shake Shack. Then why would you go to El Phoenix when you know there's so many better places to have Mexican in Javier's Texas? in Dallas? I mean, I like El Phoenix, okay? <laughs> okay. I, think I think it's nostalgic. It is. It's nostalgic. I've been going there forever. It's fair. For it's 20 fair. years. I'll, I, they that have was like one me. at Windstar, too, and I'll drive my ass to Windstar if I have to, if I get really jealous. They have an El Phoenix at Oh, it's Windstar? really good, really? too, yeah. I did not know that. I bet that's a pretty clean El Phoenix. Oh, it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be one. I just love their chips and salsa. I mean, and they they were the only ones that had... This is why I love El Phoenix. I love their chips and salsa, and they had the sour cream enchiladas with beef filling. And you have beef filling with the sour cream sauce on the outside. I, it's a magical combo to my taste buds. Okay. That's what I get every time. And I, I get it. If you just that. go get... A beef enchilada with chili con carne on it, it's not anything special. Their their beans and rice aren't any better than anybody else. I mean, it's Terra Humara is just as good. I mean, it's a lot better for just standard. Hell, Ted's, I'd rather have a quesadilla from Ted's, to be honest with you. Chewy's so is fine. You don't really you don't really Jones for El Phoenix. You, you love Jones for Chewy's. that one order. You love Chewy's and Chewy's is a little like I don't think Chewy's is as good as like Mikosina. I like Chewy's taco. That that's really the that's my and you love their uh, jalapeno ranch. Oh, I could stuff. do yeah. yeah. That's drink that's that. a must. Yeah, that stuff's crazy good. Ugh. 
You don't like it? No, I, I like it. Just thinking about drinking, drinking? it. Yeah, drinking. Josh would drink it. That is a lot. <laughs> the heartburn would be real. Yeah, it would be. Then you die. <laughs> is that how that goes? Heartburn death? Yes, basically. That's the way I feel like it, it does sometimes. Yeah. I, w- I think Tiffany would agree with you a lot of the time. All right. Well, I get attacked on the message board and I get attacked for my Mexican food <laughs> choices. So I've just been attacked all week. I need a weekend. I'm getting hammered this weekend and staying off of Twitter. I bet you don't. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> that'll, that'll I, bet one of, I bet one of those happens. <laughs> that'll lead to Twitter fights. It depends on how many <laughs> how many records I'm listening to. I guess. Carry and whiskey equals Twitter. Like they just go together. Check out it, this awesome album I'm listening to right now that you'll never <laughs> listen to probably. <laughs> Carry and whiskey make me crazy. Sounds like a country song. Like some B B side of Big Head Todd and the Monsters. I'm sure you know. I'm I'm. Josh is a whiskey snob too, so I'm sure he's offended by my choice of whiskey. What do you drink, Jameson? That's fine. I got. I don't think you can be like whiskey snobbed if you're drinking Jameson. Yeah, it's not cheap. Jameson's fine. Yeah, Jameson's fine. Uh, I hey, I've got some really nice stuff. Have you tried the uh, Conor McGregor? No, I've heard it's terrible. It's not good. But no. Yeah, yeah. It's I like didn't a hear good thing. It's like a if you watered down Jameson. Basically, they tried to make it kind of like Jameson. Yeah, but it's not there. See, like Carrie, for me, my whiskey is like your record collection. Like it's almost about having it as much as drinking it. Like yeah. my my daily drinkers are like nothing. I mean, they're nothing. Spe- Buffalo Trace, like stuff anybody could find. Now, for like special occasions or something, yeah, I'll break out some good stuff. But like, that stuff's too expensive. I, I don't make enough to be just crushing that all the time. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it. We're gonna let people get out of here. But Big Twelve Media Days, what, Eddie? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I was just gonna tell you, Josh, if you have any like paranormal experiences here over the next 48 hours let me know <laughs> the tweet is up call. the tweet Did is you up tweet the tweet is up yes oh it's tweeted for yes. sure oh, i mean it's artwork <laughs> and i don't think it's coincidental that eddie left my head a lot bigger than everybody else <laughs> i didn't mean to do that i noticed that <laughs> no, and I, was like, I didn't mean to it's do impossible that. not to that's the problem it's it's enormous there's no question so are you blocked by ketchum oh yeah okay so he can't see it. long time ago He'll see it, though. He loves me. I guess if you block someone, yeah, as long like, as you aren't blocked, yeah. you can look. Right. Yeah, Yeah. he loves me. He did he, mention... He just doesn't want um, to admit it. He, he he was like, I don't have any... You know, he's like... He he goes, I thought the the whole video that he did with the cough and everything, he goes, I thought that was funny. Like, he goes, I didn't know where it was coming from. Like, he goes, I didn't know why he was so, like, mad. Because he's he, obsessed so, with my dick. Yeah, that was a weird... <laughs> yeah. That was a weird exchange. Weird exchange. <laughs> That's why. Uh, I. It's fine. Like I. I just wanted to verbalize his his stance and in the pod because I'm sure you'll listen to it, Eddie. Kyler, don't want that smoke. Mm. Yeah, that was kind of annoying. It's all good. It's funny. Like what quarterback doesn't want to? You know, none of them want to get concussed. Me blindsided. And, me and Catch and Lincoln and Tom, we're all gonna sit down. And have we a got eyes. Line at some point. We got oh, eyes. eyes. Yeah, well. All right, we got to go. <laughs> We're out of here. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks to Josh. Thanks to Eddie. Thanks to Bob. Uh, we'll be back again next week after Big 12 Media Days for 
Uh, I'm sure a interview-filled unofficial 40 podcast. But until then, thanks for listening. Uh, go check us out, Soonerscoop.com. Go sign up because a lot of great content getting ready to happen with the start of uh, Media Days and Fall Camp. So this has been the unofficial 40 from the Soonerscoop.com podcast crew. We'll see you guys next time.